Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio, 103.1 FM, 910, 980-1300 AM, or anywhere on that Odyssey app. You can also catch us anywhere you get your favorite podcast. Just search the Rob O'Donnell Show. The Rob O'Donnell Show is brought to you by Road Scholar Transport. You have unique shipping needs, and Road Scholar has unique shipping solutions. Dry van, temperature controlled, and high security are just a few. Visit roadscholar.com. Um, when I was talking about the drop boxes before I get to my next guest, I was being sarcastic. No, I think you should vote in person. I think that uh, unless you ha- qualify for an absentee ballot or a military ballot, um, you should be voting in person. But the mere fact that they have drop boxes and they're debating on whether they should review security footage of them is comical. Um, sorry, my sarcasm, sarcasm didn't come over uh, as much as it should have during the first pass when I said one less drop box. Um, our next guest I'm bringing to you is uh, Eric McKittish of the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Airport for their a great event coming up, Wheel Life Experience. Eric, thanks for joining the Rob O'Donnell Show. Thanks, Rob. Thanks for having me. So uh, we have a great event up at the airport this weekend. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Trucks, tractors, planes, cranes, and much more. Even a car show and motorcycle show has been added. Uh, yeah, th- this year uh, we did add a uh, vintage classic car motorcycle show to our th- uh, third annual event. Um, well, from what we're understanding from uh, the people helping us with that, we're going to have about 250 to 300 uh, vintage and classic cars. Wow, and we got some doozy here in northeast Pennsylvania, so looking forward to that. Uh, I love the title, Wheel Life Experience. I, I love anything you can get our youth in, hands-on. On the, I mean, we all know as children how we were fascinated by our trucks, by our toys, by our planes. Um, you know, this is just a great event. Oh, definitely. And actually, the name, we, you know, most adults, we do have real-life experiences, but not necessarily kids and Actually, my son came up with this uh, a couple of years ago, and it's like, why don't you say that they have a wheel life experience? Most most vehicles have have wheels to them, whether it's a uh, whether it's an airplane, whether it's a car or truck, even even boats that uh, that have trailers on them, they have wheels too. Um, and that's that's what we're doing now for the kids. We are having a wheel life experience uh, this Saturday at AVP. It sounds great. What type of uh, wheels are you going to have? You just named a couple of types, but you know what specifically will you have on display here for for the, everyone to, to look at and get involved in? I, I'll go through a couple of the airport ones. A lot of our our uh, apparatus we cannot take off the airport. Um, some of our larger fire trucks that are here, the kids will be able to uh, to see them, get behind the wheel, find out all about them. Some of our our uh, snow equipment. I know we're not don't want to be talking about snow yet with 72 and sunny easy today. now easy uh, now uh, yeah, i know <laughs> but we have uh with with some of our plows eh, are they the same as what we see on the roads yeah but ours are have 22 to 24 foot wide spans so we can they are a lot larger than what you see on the on the roads uh our blowers that we that we use with the snow yeah you think of your snow blower that you have in your it, uh, that you do your driveway or, or your uh, sidewalks with that they're a couple feet long ours are a little larger they can uh, they can push about 5,000 ton of snow per hour you know they're they're pretty cool some of the other ground vehicles we're going to have we're going to have the buses from Luzerne County Transportation Authority um, uh, 
There's a Huck Transport that's bringing some forklifts. Redline Towing has a heavy-duty wrecker coming. Um, that's on the civilian side. Uh, we have the Rail Riders and Penguins coming in with some of their vehicles, as well as Champ and Tux they are going to be here, plus our emergency response vehicles. Uh, we do have Luzerne County Emergency Management coming up, um, as well as a, um, a few other uh, cities and uh, boroughs around the area. They're going to bring their apparatus up. So that's on the civilian side of the ground vehicles. We also have the United States Army, the Army National Guard, uh, the U.S. Air Force is going to be coming in. We're hoping right now that we have the Coast Guard from Atlantic City coming in, but uh, due to the hurricane coming up the coast, uh, that's a little iffy right now, and they are going to make that decision tomorrow for us. Um, but they are going to be bringing in a helicopter, which I'll go into some of the uh, the aircraft they're going to have here. We're going to have a Beach 1900 from uh, Regional Sky that the uh, children and adults can uh, get in the cockpit of and go through. We'll have a couple other uh, smaller civilian ones as well. And uh, we also are going to have Geisinger Life Flight here as well to uh, uh, to show everybody what they do on a daily basis. That That's a great event, especially now this day and age where you really can't get in the cockpits of planes unless you own one. You know, it's a great experience for children who used to be able, when you were boarding plane, to go up and, and get in the cockpit and sit there and see and talk to the captain. We've kind of gotten away from that, uh, understandably. But it'll be great that these things will be open now for pictures for, for kids and their families and for families in general. I mean, it's been a while since a lot of people have been in the cockpit of a plane. It is true, and uh, and that's that's the good thing. A lot of people don't even get to get the chance to uh, to be on the tarmac of an airport. Um, here you will be. Every everything is going to be there. Um, you're going to be able to park on the tarmac. You're going to walk right up to one of our other aprons, and you're going to be able to see all of these different types of air and ground vehicles. And we do have some other stuff for the kids here as well, with the face painting and the balloon artists. We have Jurassic Raptor coming up with some prehistoric education for the kids. And I'll use their term. They are going to be dynamites. <laughs> no, no doubt. Uh, as far as food and, and options for people when they're there, what, what's that? Uh, what's that about? Uh, we do have a uh, uh, several uh, food trucks that are going to be up here. Uh, can name them: uh, Butcher's Bob Barbecue is going to be up here. Merch Mobile Diner. Uh, we do have Poppy's Kitchen as well. Um, so we have a, a different variety of uh, foods for uh, everybody that's coming up. All right, now I'm looking at your page right now, and it says admission to the event is $5 per person and can be purchased online. Children two and younger are free. That is correct. And uh, if you have a vintage um, or classic car that you want to get into, $15 includes a driver and up to three passengers, and motorcycles are $10, includes up to two riders. That is correct. And uh, you don't necessarily have to pay online. Uh, a lot of people are going cashless. We, we will, uh, you can do that at the gate as well, whether you want to uh, do the cashless or if you want to, want to pay uh, uh, in cash as well. We'll, t- we'll take uh, either or. And this will be sun, uh, September 16th um, between 9 a.m. and 2 p.m. Rain or shine, but the weather looks like it's going to be phenomenal for something like this. Yep, right now, according to the forecast a couple of minutes ago, it is going to be 73 and sunny. So it, and low humidity, it is going to be a gorgeous day up here at AVP. Yeah, hopefully you get the Coast Guard helicopter there. I saw them uh, both days at the uh, air show, and and they they were phenomenal. They they always are. The techniques they use their 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 helicopter uh, the is just incredible. So that, that, ho- hopefully they clear up for that. That is a great word that you used. Uh, 
the, the people that do that, the men and women, they are phenomenal with the, with the job that they do on a daily basis. And it would be great to have them here. I, I am hoping that, uh, that they are able to come. Yeah, but if not, it looks like you've got a, a, a great day planned, great information out there. Uh, even the, just the vehicles, like you said, the, the snow plows that you guys use, the snow blow, blowers that you guys use are just so tremendous to what people are normal normally see. Even our municipal ones you know, are, are miniature compared to what you guys have to clear those runways. And, and just the work that you guys do there. Um, I mean, will you have the operators on hand to speak to anyone there that operate this equipment that go, you know, rain, snow, or shine to clean these uh, these runways? Our operations staff will be uh, will be with our vehicles, and uh, they will be able to answer the questions uh, that the uh, children and children at heart have as well. No doubt. Um, <laughs> if people want to look at this event online before they go or buy tickets online, how do they do that? Uh, best thing to do is to go to the airport website. Uh, that is flyavp.com. Uh, there is a page on there. You can get it right off the home page, or if you wanted to go direct, it is flyavp.com slash wheel dash life. All right. I expect everybody in the listening area out there, it's going to be a gorgeous day if you have kids, grandkids, or if you just want to be a kid yourself, go out there and take some pictures next to this machinery, these these aviation assets that are out there, and just look at the airport from a different view. We have a great asset with uh, Wilkes-Barre Scranton International Airport here. See it from the the runway in rather than the terminal out, right, Right, Eric? (laughs) That is is correct. You would be seeing it from a, a different view. All right. Is there anything else you want to add before we go today, Eric? I uh, just wanted to thank Odyssey Wilkes-Barre Scranton for being a sponsor of our event uh, once again. And uh, hope to see everybody out here at the airport on Saturday. Again, that's Saturday, September 16th from 9 to 2 p.m. I expect everybody out there. It's going to be a great day. Thank you for joining us, Eric. Thanks, Rob. It's uh, 420 here at WILK. Time for traffic and weather. I'm hijacking your show for a moment. Are you? Can I hijack sure. it? Sure. I lost 75 pounds now. Did you? Yes. Yay. Yes, I can now say officially 75 pounds. Not almost, but officially 75 pounds officially down. Officially 75 pounds on Be the New You. Yeah, on Be the New You. I promised uh, listeners that I would go away in today to get the, and you'd the update details. Us. That's fine. So there we go. So I had to say that. This traffic update is brought to you by Pentella Data Internet. Construction is causing some issues today on 81 Waverly area. I believe construction both directions causing uh, some delays. Build All- back. <laughs> yeah. Build back. Yeah. Uh, and delay you and whatever. We'll see. We'll see how that works. We also have. Um, now you. Why do you do this to me? <laughs> It's it's gone. Totally. It's gone. Route 6 and 11 in Clark Summit State Street. That is jammed up between Grove and Gravel Pond Road because of construction. And Route 29 in the Tunkhannock. Well, between 292, which is the Center Moreland area, and the Tunkhannock Walmart. Uh, that's a mess. That is just uh, bumper-to-bumper traffic, barely moving in some spots. So uh, you can expect delays there. If you can avoid that area, good luck. Whenever you see a traffic problem, call our jam line, 570-883-7269. Nikki Stone, WILK Traffic. (laughs) Here's the Storm Shacker 16 forecast from Chief Meteorologist Kurt Aaron. This afternoon, mostly sunny, high 70. Tonight, clear and chilly, low 48. Love it. 
Friday, sunny and less humid, high 72. Saturday, sunny and less humid, high 73. Sunday, mix of sun and clouds, high 72. It's currently 70 degrees and mostly sunny here at 422 at your official weather station, WILK. You're with the Rob O'Donnell Show here on WILK News Radio. It is 426, 70 degrees and mostly sunny. Just a gorgeous evening out there. If you have some time off, or if you're off tomorrow, if you just have some time, you know, it would be a nice night for a fire out on a deck. If you have uh, one of those fire pits outside, chimney or anything like that, it's going to be a great night for that. Speaking of fire, firefighters fear the toxic chemicals in their gear could be contributing to cancer cases. Like they don't have enough to worry about, you know, just from breathing in everything that they breathe in, even with their Scott packs, even with everything they do, they're still around this sort of thing all day when they're fighting fires. But a Boston firefighter had heard about colleagues getting cancer, but he was stunned when doctors discovered a tumor on his chest. He was only 30 and had been in the Boston Fire Department for less than a decade. But as he investigated his diagnosis of Hodgkin's lymphoma in October 2020, he sought successful treatment, ENSA sought successful treatment. He learned he and others wore gear that contained the toxic industrial compound PFAS. You always hear about dangers. You never think it's going to be you, said the firefighter who stopped working due to the cancer and is among the thousands of firefighters nationwide who sued PFAAS manufacturers and companies that make firefighting gear and foam seeking damages for their exposure. These guys put this on day in and day out to protect neighborhoods and wherever they're working, he said. The... uh, The journalist who wrote the article was not given access to his doctors due to the ongoing litigation, making it difficult to independently verify his claims. Uh, Again, another Associated Press. You know, unless you prove to us what's going on, uh, is he lying he has cancer or not? These media is getting worse and worse as we move on. The multi-layered coats and pants worn by firefighters have become the latest battleground over PFAS or per- and polyfluoronical substances. It's found in everything from food packaging to clothing and is associated with health problems, including several types of cancers. In March, the Environmental Protection Agency, for the first time, proposed limits on the chemicals in drinking water. Oh, that's a good thing. The news that the PFAS compounds are in their gear primarily meant to repel water and contaminants like oil and prevent moisture-related burns is worrisome to firefighters. The International Association of Firefighters, or IAFF, says that cancer has replaced heart disease as the biggest cause of -of line-of-duty deaths. Firefighters have been shown to be higher risk than the general population of getting several types of cancers. Firefighters are exposed to a laundry list of carcinogens coming from the fires burning hotter and faster than ever before. We talked about that when we started this often due to increased petroleum products in homes. But as they learn more about the PFAS, firefighters have grown suspicious that their personal protection equipment, or PPE, is sickening them. We have no idea, we had no idea, that the gear that we were putting on every day was essentially loaded with PFAS, 
said the International Association of Firefighters General President Edward Kelly, who was elected in 2021 on campaign in part to address these dangers. Sam Dillon, president of the Boston's Firefighters Local 718, said the union had to act. When we break it down, the problem to us becomes very simple, he said. There's a proven science that PFAS is a known carcinogen. There is also proven science that PFAS is in protective gear that firefighters wear. So when it's brought to our attention that there is a known carcinogen in the protective assembly that our members wear, it is of grave concern to the union, and it's our job to address the issue. That's where this should have stayed. But again, you have the Associated Press, Michael Casey, who's the journalist writing this, has to throw in there that we weren't given privy to his medical records, so we can't prove that anything happened. We can't independently verify his claims. Well, he's got a lawsuit. You have the information from his union saying that. How about just say we couldn't verify these claims because it's ongoing litigation? But they, they try and make it seem like the fireman's hiding something. Like, there's a, it's litigation. No, I'm not going to give you my doctor's records. And if he's lying that he had cancer, then wouldn't would he not have a lawsuit? But they have to throw in their little zing because, you know, it's public servants out there actually trying to help people rather than the elected officials we have that do absolutely nothing for us. It's 431 here at WILK. We'll be back after the news with Paul Michaels. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. It is 438 here at the station, 70 degrees and mostly sunny. This is the point of the show where we honor our heroes across America who made the ultimate sacrifice. 86 police officers made the ultimate sacrifice on this day, five of which are from here in Pennsylvania. I'm going to start off with Sergeant Cheryl Pierce of the South Londonderry Township Police Department in 2013. She died as a result of hepatitis C, which she contracted in 1994 while subduing a man who was bleeding profusely. Sergeant Michael Christopher Wiegland, Jr., Latimer Township Police Department in 2008, was killed in a motorcycle accident while escorting a benefit ride to raise money for a Latimer Township Park. Patrolman William Donald Paradigm, Pennsylvania Department of Conservation and Natural Resources Bureau of State Parks, 1932, both him and patrolman George Cruth were killed when their patrol motorcycles collided head-on on a sharp curve in the Peninsula Highway in Waterworks Park, modern-day uh, Pesk Island State Park. Police Officer Francis X. Buck Roy, Lower Marion Township Police Department, Pennsylvania, 1924, succumbed to gunshot wounds sustained two months earlier when he and another officer responded to a rally at the Haverford College campus. Private Timothy Keller, Pennsylvania State Police in 1907, was stabbed after responding to a woman's call for help. He saw two men beating a young woman and went to her rescue. One man stabbed Private Keller in the side, killing him. Both suspects were apprehended. One was executed and the other was sentenced to 12 years of hard labor. And that's our 12 from... Uh, that's our six, five from this area. I'm sorry. I was just reading something else. Um, and it appears that we have another train derailment. 
that's causing a major issue out in Nebraska. I'll talk about that when we come back. But why do these things keep happening? Um, this is an extremely dangerous situation with toxic, toxic chemicals involved, and there is an evacuation, an immediate evacuation in that area. So we'll talk about that if I can get more information on it in a second, but it's time for traffic and weather now. Well, thank you, Rob. This traffic update is brought to you by Data Internet. We have delays above Waverly on 81 northbound. That's due to construction. Not as bad as we saw it a little while ago. It's getting better. Uh, we also have some road work going on on 6 and 11 in Clark Summit, uh, State Street between Grove Street and Gravel Pond Road. That's going to hold you up just a bit. Whenever you see a traffic problem, call our jam line 570-883-7269. Nikki Stone, WILK Traffic. Thank you, Nikki. Here's the Storm Tracker 16 forecast from Chief Meteorologist Kurt Aaron. Tonight, clear and chilly, low 48. Friday, sunny and less humid, high 72. Saturday, sunny and less humid, high 73. Sunday, mix of sun and clouds, high 72 again. It's currently 70 degrees and mostly sunny here at 441 at your official weather station, WILK. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. It is 446, 70 degrees and mostly sunny out there. So, there's been another rail car, at this point, fire and explosion. It doesn't say anything about a derailment, but rail cars carrying toxic chemicals have caught fire and exploded, releasing hazardous smoke into the air near North Platte, Nebraska. Authorities have ordered a four-mile evacuation zone around the explosion site. Numerous hazmat teams are on the site, and emergency crews along with Union Pacific Railroad are still trying to understand what triggered the explosion releasing huge amounts of highly toxic perchloric acid into the atmosphere. And that's uh, that's what I have at this point. And, you know, the, the, the question that I already see in text messages and I see where this is posted from multiple sources is why does this keep happening? And uh, I don't have an answer for you, especially here where they... Uh, they don't know what caused it. They're not saying a train derailment. I'm not seeing anything as far as that goes. But, um, yeah, I'm seeing multiple reports of the four-mile evacuation has been ordered after a rail car carrying toxic chemicals exploded, explodes, unleashing hazardous toxic smoke. There is video about the uh, from this. Uh, it looks like a white, uh, a very white smoke that's going up into the atmosphere hitting the, the low cloud level and then uh, moving out. But it's not a dark smoke. It's not a black smoke. It's a very white smoke. And if this is a highly toxic chemical, that it may burn like that. So, uh, and I'm looking, I'm, I'm not seeing anything on uh, a derailment. It just says that it exploded and caught fire. So, uh We'll have to see uh, what's happening here. But again, this is something that continues to happen in in our country. It's happened multiple times, and it's not just unique to this railroad, this Northern Pacific. 
I'm just seeing if I can get any other information from you guys. Houses between Homestead and Front and in between Highway 30 and West A be prepared to evacuate in the next one or two hours due to wind and weather changing. The North uh, Platte Volunteer Fire Department is posting emergency evacuations for the area between Splinter and Front North of railroad track due to fire and railroad involving heavy toxic smoke. Explosion at Union Pacific Railroad Bally Yards at approximately 12.10, their local time. So I don't know if they're Nebraska. Is that uh, Central Time or Pacific Time? I'm not sure. But that's what's uh, going. What did you say, Jake? Central. Central Time? All right, so they're an hour behind us. Um, yeah, it's ongoing. Evacuations have taken place. Nebraska 511 has closed Highway 30 between that and Hershey, not our Hershey, this is Hershey in Nebraska, is closed due to law enforcement activity, is what Nebraska 511 is saying. But there's multiple videos on the smoke that's up there. It seems to be going in a different direction. So, uh, you know, something to be aware of. Obviously, if you live in Nebraska, it's something you should be imminently aware of because of what's going on there. Let's see what we have on the phones. We have uh, Rich from Laughlin on search warrants. Rich. Uh, thanks, Rob. Sorry to rob you away from the uh, train train derailment. No, I you know? really don't have much more information than yeah. I put out. So, I think the pres will be on his way there uh, this afternoon too. You know, <laughs> um, Rob. There's one thing I fully respect and love police. I uh, we see what happens when these radicals went nuts and chased all the cops away, and now they're left holding the bag. But one sour note in police work, and I know it's necessary, but I thought I would run it by you. I, I am not in love because I look at it police as the good guys, but when they get done with a house during a search warrant, and I could give you an example of the latest one I saw, and that's the guy on Long Island, the architect, uh, that uh, supposedly killed four or five uh, women, and uh, you know, he's charged anyway. But point out, he's still innocent. But his house is unlivable. They even cut the bathtub, and I know that's a necessary evil. That's a dichotomy I'm caught between. Because the family that's left there, the wife owns part of that house, and she had to move out with her sons. Now, again, was it repairable easily or not? I don't know. But and the second thing I would ask, if the guy's found innocent, is that is the police or the area people in that county going to restore his house? Uh, that's Those are things I always wondered about and just wanted to hit you with it because I know you probably were involved in a lot of that. That's the only part of police work I, I'm not in love with. And I know it's a necessary evil, and it, it probably has solved many crimes. But it seems like um, it's being slightly disrespectful to the owners. But what, what, how do you take on that, Rob? It all depends on what the search warrant outlines you're looking for and if it's possible to conceal that. As far as if they're found innocent, yes, they can go to the courts for restitution for the damage that's been done if they're found innocent later on down the road. Um just like if you're found innocent down the road in certain circumstances, I think it's federal court, you can appeal the court to pay for your legal fees if you're found innocent uh-huh. because they consider that. I know that's in the federal court. States may vary for that. But as far as the search warrant goes, as far as this individual where he was suspected of, of kill, and they had probable cause that he killed multiple people, hid the bodies, dumped the bodies, you know, depending on if he, if he re 
refurbished his bathroom and they think that under the bathtub slab there might have been something there. Yes, they're justified in there. They have to articulate why they did a certain thing. Um, like the, uh, there was a recent search warrant recently where Liberty Safes gave out the master code so the FBI could get into someone's safe. Now, unless that search warrant specifically stated something that could have been hidden in that safe, that's really not not appropriate. Um, just like, you know, if I'm looking for something the size of a car, I shouldn't be busting into your walls. Um, but yeah. if I'm looking for something that could be concealed in there, and we've found time and time again bodies concealed back in walls, bodies concealed in concrete slabs, you know, in yards where they dig up yards and leave, you know, six to eight foot, ten foot holes. Um, so it all depends on if it's justified based on what you have sworn that you're looking for. I mean, you have to have probable cause that you're looking for something, something specific. Uh related to a crime that is going to help prove evidence that you committed that crime. Uh, if you could justify that, yes, we needed to do X, Y, and Z. If you can't, you could be opening yourself up to, to legal liability as the, the, the issue, as, as the issuing officers doing, performing the search warrant. Robert, the police ever given carte blanche to do, uh, whatever they want, probably not, right? They would have to come back and get more permission, right? Every search warrant has to be sworn out before a judge, and it has to have specific information on what exactly you're looking for related to the crime you're investigating. Okay, that answers that. Uh, thank you, Rob. Uh, I just uh, That was the latest one. I've seen several, not a, not a lot, and some were even on TV, but it, uh, it has to be specified by a judge, so you, you'd have better uh, backing right there. And you have to uh, articulate what you did, because after the fact, you have to do a report on everything that was taken, where it was taken from, how it was found, and that all has to be documented and goes before a judge uh, again at the end. They, they made a, a lot of typewriter specialists out of you guys, I guess. You know? <laughs> they did indeed. Thanks, Rich, for calling in. All right. Thank you. Take care, Rob. Thank you. It's uh, 454 here at WILK. We'll be back after this. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. It's uh, 4.57 here at the station. Day's moving on. 69 degrees and mostly sunny. Temperature's going to be dropping down to the upper 40s here in our neck of the woods. I love that kind of sleeping weather. I hope you do too. Well, Miami TSA agents, the Transportation Safety Administration, officers have been caught stealing from passengers in newly released footage. There was an investigation going on down there, and basically, as you put your stuff through the scanner on... uh, When you put your stuff in the bins, the gray bins, and went through the metal detector yourself as they pushed it through the machine, these individuals, and they were working in teams, there were groups of them, were stealing... Up to $1,000 a day. Now, thankfully, their inspector general was getting complaints about the same time, the same people working there, and started looking into it, and they were caught on camera stealing it. The outlet reported that two of the individuals on camera were caught stealing $600 from a passenger's wallet. The the thefts occurred while passengers were distracted with with their own screening and not paying attention to their items. Two officers, along with their co-worker, was arrested uh, in July on charges they were involved in the organized scheme to defraud. They admitted, confessed to numerous thefts from travelers, admitting to stealing an average of $1,000 a day while working together. 
one of their charge were dropped to uh, cooperate with the prosecutors, the assistant, not the TSA agents. The TSA agents were prosecuted. The other individual was just an employee who was in on it but uh, ended up turning on the TSA agents. It's incredible. It's Rob O'Donnell here on WILK News Radio. It's 5 o'clock here at the station. We'll be back after the top of the hour.